Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 44. On today's episode, we talk about the red hot sellers market it has become in Oklahoma City in 2019. Today in the studio is Judy Lindsay, prior president for the Oklahoma City Metro Association of Realtors. She currently serves on the board. We're going to chat with her a little bit about what the market means when we get in these situations and just a grand picture of historically the timing. Now, because we are kind of in uncharted territories. Looking at the charts does not do us much good because I've got nothing to bounce it off of. And what I mean by that is we're reaching a point where our inventory is stellarly low. (laughs) I mean, rock bottom. And we've got a population increase occurring of about 20,000 people annually. So it's really come together to be an interesting storm altogether of affordability uh, gradually and really rapidly going away. Um, So I want to kind of chit chat with you guys about what kind of strategy, what does that mean in the investment market in Oklahoma City when we get into a seller's market situation. And what it's come to be is that I've now been shopping with three or four different buyers that have now um, actually given up. In fact, I just talked to a woman this morning that they are in their late 50s. They were just looking to buy one of the classic $100,000 houses in Oklahoma City that's affordable. And they had put in six different offers on six different homes and lost in a multiple offer situation, some cases giving them over ask and still losing out due to them needing a little bit of closing cost. An old strategy that we like to use is when you your buyer needs closing costs, which many Americans do because it's expensive to buy a home. You have to front load your escrow accounts and all this stuff. So we like to ask the seller to cover some of that. And in a case where the market's hot and the seller uh, has high demand, we give them more than ask price and then in return ask for those closing costs to cover it. And what ends up happening when we get really competitive is those that actually have the savings end up being able to purchase the property because it'll only appraise for what it will appraise for. In fact, appraisers don't care at all if it's a multiple offer situation. In fact, they don't pay attention to you know, even how long it was on the market before it sold in a lot of cases. They just simply look at what has sold around the area, what is comparable to this property, and what can I prove to Fannie Freddie Mac or whoever the loan's being written for that this is the value of the property. That's beside the actual demand that's on the market. So really want to pay attention to the transitions here from 
standard Americans in our community not being able to buy a home and it's transitioning into those uh, folks that have been planning better or those that are investors that have the cash to come in and say, I don't care what it appraises for. I want to be in this neighborhood with a rental property or whatever. And understanding that they're not going to make as much money when they buy at those prices immediately, but it will buy them into a fertile soil in a town that is growing exponentially. We've got a lot of symptoms of what Austin, Texas looked like in about 1994. And we've talked with Dr. Russell Evans on the show before, which he's coming back again. We're waiting for the school to kind of wind down. He's obviously a professor of economics. He also is a key advisor to the Oklahoma City uh, Chamber of Commerce, as well as politicians that are making decisions. Call Dr. Russell Evans in. So we're going to be having him on the show coming up, talking about what the heck is the future when we run out of inventory, new construction can't catch up, and no one's getting any raises. Interesting dynamic. Aaron's actually out on assignment today, so I've got the news. Let's move into that. Um, really, only one large story this week I want to cover. The rest is just kind of regurgitations of some of the stuff we've already talked about. This is a grand development. Brownstone's planned for an area near Class and Curve, being an investment company, Brownstone uh, invested in 6100 Northwest Grand. This is an area that's right next to Chesapeake Energy, a massive uh, hub of economic bliss. Uh, that's where a lot of the higher-end income individuals uh, work in our town, and, and so it's no surprise that a, an investor wants to put a high-end luxury apartment complex, kind of condo-type setting at it. They said in the last press release, they said, we looked at it, we realized this empty lot, basically, that was next to Chesapeake that already was planned for, for development. We looked at it, we realized it's zoned for multifamily housing, and that it could work for a New York-style townhouse. Brown said these are intended to be like grand townhomes in the Upper East Side of New York. European in influences, and we'll live there, we'll build it, and we'll be the first residence. The development was dubbed 6100 Grand, will feature residences Brown describes as designed with large, light-filled rooms, 12-foot ceilings, private courtyards, and exteriors consisting of cast stone and slate. The architecture is the art, art style, which Brown said will be a canvas for both classic and modern interiors. Folks, these units have their own, own, own elevators, their own garages, very, very similar to the hill closer to downtown. And the hill is priced around 700000 to $1.2 million, somewhere in there. So it'll be interesting to see where they price. I bet they're going to be around that price point uh, in, the pr in the square foot range of 3306000 and square foot. And now, on to our guest today. Okay, we're here in the studio with Judy Lindsay, who served as the president on the multiple listing service, the MLS Oakmar. 
which is uh, Oklahoma City's uh, number one uh, and really the only exclusive multiple listing service we have here. She's also a current board member this year, and she's a certified brokerage manager currently working with Metro First Realty Corporate one of the largest brokerages in Oklahoma City. We're here to talk about what's going on with the housing shortage and affordability crisis on the looming horizon for Oklahoma City. Uh, Currently, if you've been investing in Oklahoma City and you've tried to put in an offer, this year has been one of the most challenging years to win the deals just due to this extreme limited inventory. Um, We've been kind of looking through and chatting through a a few statistics here, just going page by page at where we are right now. And this is historic low markets. I know we've talked in the podcast before about two and a half months supply of inventory. And now when we look at the affordability range, again, and that's what we take from the uh, historical inflation adjusted median household income for Oklahoma City which in 2006 was $51,232, and in 2017, it was 56260 That's a 9.3% increase. When we look at that same time period for affordable housing, from 2006 to 2017, we're looking at a 21% increase, roughly double what the income increased, leaving us into an interesting predicament of housing affordability. Judy, welcome to the show today. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Landon. Uh, I'm Judy Lindsay. Um, I've been in residential real estate for going on 29 years. Uh, been a managing broker most of that time. Uh, and have served uh, for the Oklahoma City Metro Association of Realtors as their president, and I'm currently on the board of directors. Uh, This is a a nice income increase uh, of nearly 10%. However, um, the cost of housing has gone up uh, at least twice that during the same period of time, Um, and our inventory is at a record low. I get a lot of calls from realtors that have put a house on the market the day before, and now they have multiple offers. And we talk about the procedure on how to handle that. Uh, Another problem is getting it appraised. Cash is king now. A cash offer has a lot more weight than a financed offer because of the appraisal problem. The appraisers are always behind the market uh, and our market is moving forward pretty quickly. So uh, for folks that are wanting to maybe pick up some investments in, in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, just remember cash is king. Even if you don't have the cash but you can secure a hard money loan which acts as cash, I know some of you have used your life insurance policies. Sure. In essence, that is a cash deal. Sure. Um, those kind of non-appraisal required purchases is what we're talking about here. That's a Absolutely. great point you bring up. Um, let's talk a little bit about the emotions of multiple offers and how, you know, it's normal now. Before we, we put in one offer, you probably would get it if you put full price. Now you're having to do three, four, five, six, seven houses before you get one. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. How does that impact the sale? Well, I just tell everyone if it's a good property, it's just gone on the market. 
go ahead with your highest and best. You may not get another chance. You probably won't. Um, the go ahead with what you figure this house would be a good price for you and go ahead and go with it. Uh, as I said, you probably are not going to get another chance to sweeten the deal. Now, you've been in this market for decades, and, and you've got a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience. You've seen the ups and the downs. How is today's Oklahoma City different than, let's say, in the early 2000s? It's pretty similar. Um, of course, our markets are seasonal, too. We're in springtime. This is the hottest time for real estate. Uh, yes, I have seen a lot of ups and downs. This reminds me of 2005, 2006, uh, when, when it, it was definitely a seller's market. And that's what we have today is a seller's market. It can change in the blink of an eye, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Not literally the blink of an eye, but... Within a couple months. Before we realize it, it can switch and become a buyer's market. So it's it's important to have someone knowledgeable giving you advice on this. When we talk about a change in inventory level, how can that change... I'm looking at the economic growth projected uh, by the Oklahoma uh, Chamber of Commerce, and they are saying they're projecting in 2019 to have a 1.4% population increase, which I think that's what happened when we look at 2017 to 2018, which last year was an incredible year for all of us. We had a 1.3% population increase. That went to 1.4 million people being in Oklahoma City, and now they're expected to go up again another 1.4. And I think what happened is, is, is 2017, we really didn't have a gain in population. 2018, we had a huge boom. I think 2018 really ate up a lot of our extra inventory, and now 2019, we're kind of feeling that. So when we go to a seller, even investors that aren't even using realtors are going to a seller and saying, hey, sell your house. I want to buy your house that needs rehab or whatever. I'll just pay cash. You can move out. We buy cash homes, that kind of thing. Um, before they had a place they could go to. Now, the answer is, Landon, I'd love to sell my home to you for $75,000 cash, but where am I going to go? Mm, that's correct. You know, what am I going to buy? Yeah. Um, so I think we're, you know, are you are you fearful that we're transitioning into a, a rental city where where millennials and this kind of thing can't afford to buy a home anymore, and, and it's just going to be investors owning and everybody renting? No, because the the our our real estate costs are so reasonable compared to other parts of the country. Our cost of living is less in spite of this increase in in, uh, market values. Uh, It's still a good place to own real estate. So I know there is a tendency among the younger people not to buy, to to wait. They stay a little more mobile in their lives and in in their property. Uh, so it's a good rental market. But I don't believe this big, huge city, as varied as it is and as uh, diverse as it is, will become just a, a, a rental place, a landlord-driven city. It's a good investment, but uh, we're, a, we're a huge city. Uh, the 
we're not in a, a tight urban area. It sprawls. There are all kinds of neighborhoods. Uh, it's a great place to be. Mm. A lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of opportunity here. Speaking of opportunity, uh, the uh, positive Oklahoma City metro job growth in 2019 is expected to increase by 2.1 percent, or roughly 13,600 jobs. Um, in Honestly, the economic outlook really looks at national conditions because we kind of lag behind them slightly. So we're watching for the trend on the national scale. But overall, non-farm annual job growth was 2.5% or roughly 15,900 jobs in Oklahoma City. The largest percentage, this was in 2019, is in, uh, it was 12.75% in oil and gas, 8.6% in administrative support. in leisure services, 4.2% in wholesale trade, 3.3% in manufacturing, and the lowest being 2.8% in professional and business services. Uh, Our monthly unemployment rates uh, ranged as low as 2.6% and as high as 3.8%, and Oklahoma City finished out the year among the the lowest 10 unemployment rates for largest metro, that's metros that are 1 million and greater in in population, we were among the lowest of unemployment rates uh, last year. Um, When you drive around here, though, I know we did a bus tour, it was over a year ago now, we brought investors from both California and and New York, and they came here, and I, I think a lot of their sentiment was they did feel like some of the real estate here is run down. Um, like if you drive through 73107 or 73106, you can see a lot of the housing just kind of aging, kind of looks like D.C. in some ways. Um, and that was kind of, they didn't quite understand, you know, and the homeless people on the corners. And I think what happens is, is as we've been transitioning very rapidly towards a city like Austin, we still have those signs of a city that was in poverty once. True, true poverty. True poverty. Um, so talk to me a little bit about those days and how this is so different from where the poverty day, the true poverty days of Oklahoma City. The 80s. <laughs> mm-hmm. After sure. an oil boom, a fantastic oil boom in the 70s, uh, the world kind of came to an end. And this was a long period of time. It was nearly 10 years mm. of... Uh, of recession. Uh, The rest of the country was doing well, but Oklahoma was not. We had put all of our eggs in the oil and gas basket. Um, The many people left the state. Mm. Uh, You actually saw bumper stickers that said, will the last person that leaves Oklahoma City turn off the lights? Wow. Wow, yes. Uh, So what did we learn from that? We learned to diversify. I am thrilled to death at the diversification in in Oklahoma City and the types of businesses like what you just read off. I mean, oil and gas is strong, obviously, always will be. But uh, we've got a lot of diversification. We learned. We've got a Ph.D. in hard knocks during the 80s. Um, the, the areas that you're discussing, some of them, I've been thrilled by the areas that are undergoing gentrification. Uh, the older properties uh, that you could have picked up for a song, hmm. you know, a few years ago around the plaza, that type of thing. 
there seems to be a great deal of interest in restoring a lot of old the, these old properties. Uh, so um, I know there is still poverty in Oklahoma City. Um, there are some programs the government could adopt that uh, the state government could adopt that would help. Uh, you know, have, have my hopes on that. But a lot of these old properties are older houses are appreciated now. I mean, I'm not speaking of uh, tax. I'm talking about emotions. Mm. Uh, And they are being redone. Uh, The remodel business in this town is just going great guns. So I think if those investors might have visited the same spots, uh, now or a few years from now, they're going to see a lot of those properties that have been redone, remodeled, and young families are living in them. The Tin Pen renovation just thrills me beyond belief. That was an area I wouldn't really have even wanted to drive around in in the daytime a few years ago. Now you can you can drive through there and and see the how the homeowners that uh, have put work and equity into their house and uh, the pride of ownership shows. Mm. Along with that change comes a requirement for a higher paying job. We're seeing in 2021 Amazon coming here with their fulfillment center, which is one of their largest distribution uh, vehicles that they have. Um, Our airport has undergone or is undergoing a $90 million expansion uh, to bring in international flights, as well as to get us more of a connection hub, which will bring more business here and also prepare us for the convention center finishing. I think the convention center is 2021 into 2022, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be one of the largest convention centers in the United States, along with the Omni Hotel being built there, which is an eight-story hotel. Um, And that whole movement of Scissortail Park, it's a 130-acre downtown park to really – enrich the downtown experience. You've got restaurants that have already committed to putting rooftop seating to overlook the park uh, and really kind of give us uh, a lot of character. Um, But it all is only possible if you can get the income to afford it. And I really feel like the city is doing the best they can at this moment to attract these larger businesses through tax incentives and this kind of thing. So In other words, we're going through this lax of kind of a transition period where you are going to pay a higher ticket than a lot of folks like the 1%, you know, where they can rent it out for 900, it needs to be bought for 90,000. But we're really in a kind of a transition phase where you're going to see some appreciation happen kind of rapidly. Um, And you're still speculating, but I think overall, the city's healthy enough, the government's healthy enough. There's really no debt. I mean, they've done a great job with the MEPS program, which is a penny tax to pay for most of our infrastructure just with cash. Oklahoma City's uh, economics, uh, government-wise, are solid. Our city's finances are solid. Uh, We have a dynamic young mayor uh, who's doing a great job of getting us, uh, getting getting it going and keeping it going. Uh, I'm amazed at the changes I've seen in Oklahoma City in the last 10 years, 15 years. It's amazing. I've lived here all my life. Where do you see Oklahoma City in 10 years? Oh, uh, I see Oklahoma City continuing to develop. 
continuing to grow, continuing to attract more young people and families. If you could pick a city in the United States that we're going to be most like, what would you pick? Well, I'd like to say Austin, but <laughs> uh, maybe we will be. That's a good answer. Um, we had uh, Russell, a lot of you heard, I think it was episode 34, Russell Evans was on the show talking about how the symptoms of Oklahoma City are the exact symptoms as Austin in 1994. Uh. I'm glad to hear that. I, I lived Austin. in Austin in 1994, and I do remember. I mean, I was I was very young then, but I, but my parents were in real estate. I understood. I kind of had an eye at what was happening, and 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 it was it was there's cranes everywhere as we're seeing now downtown. There was a shift and an excitement of culture, of freedom, of of expression. A lot of colorful T-shirts, a lot of colorful personalities, and I really feel like when you go out to eat. At in Oklahoma City now, you're going to see anything. Mm-hmm. Anybody could be right. there. You know, right. any demographic or nationality. And that's you know, is there. great. That's that makes it a city. Right. We're no longer right. a great big town that's spread out. We are a city, mm. and uh, it's 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 going to continue to go that way. I don't see anything that could stop it. Well, Judy, thanks for coming by to talk about this important topic. I know going forward, press into the game. It's going to take you a little bit longer to find these properties, but you're buying into fertile soil. Judy, thanks a lot for your time today. You're so welcome, Landon. Thank you. And that concludes episode 44 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. For more information about our show, you can visit okcrealestateshow.com. You can also check out OKCTalk.com for more news and local information about Oklahoma City. Folks, trying to do my best to get you inventory, but again, we're in record low. So I appreciate the calls, the emails. We'll continue to keep hustling. But keep in mind, your rental portfolio is secure in these type of conditions. Because once you've got these properties, even if the prices keep climbing, and the only thing that's going to happen is the people that can afford to buy, they're going to be forced to rent. And now what does that do? That raises the rent price. So either case, you're benefiting from this. If you've already got property, you're getting great appreciation. If you haven't got property yet, you can expect those rental rates to increase over time. And that right there is the ticket. Always remember though, price appreciation, always rental prices always lag behind price appreciation. So as we're seeing these price per square foot climbing, the rental price per square foot is going to lag behind several years in a lot of cases. It'll be interesting to see. We're going to talk more with Russell Evans in the future about uh, the economy and what this means when these type of mix come into the ingredients, what kind of storm is ahead on the horizon. For you investors, the rental market is a solid place to be during this type of environment. 